are back with Jesse. Blood and Bud. Blood Hello, and Billy Bud. Green. We are back. What'd you say? Blood and Bud. Bud and Blood. Blood and Blood. I thought. Bloody wait, Blood. But I think no. Yeah. Uh, uh, Bud in and we don't know what we are, but we are Blood and Butter. <laughs> And I want to say, um, that intro song of ours is pretty fucking sick, right? You know what? I have to admit, when I first listened to it, I didn't know what to think, but I, I slept on it. And I, I listened to it a little more, and I really fucking like it. I think, um, you know, I mean, I, I, it, it fits. It fits our insanity. And I fucking love it. Fully agree. I have to give a huge thanks to Graham Bird from the Gallows Instance for, for making up that song. And Eric Thorsten from uh, Bonginator. I don't know if you've heard of them, but they're fucking sick, too. He helped Grandma, you know, get it all formatted and sent over to me. So huge thank you to you guys. I mean, I hope the, those guys did an amazing too. job. You know, I mean, I really like what they came up with. I really like how... Uh, Maddie even helped us out with some audio, incorporating it in there. So it just has an overall nice aesthetic to it. And Bonginator, I mean, that's just a great fucking name. Pretty badass, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like, I am the Bonginator. You know? <laughs> I'll be back to smoke you up. To smoke your bong. Get your ass to Mars. Smoke the Red Rocks. Yeah. Isn't there a movie called, like, Evil Bong? Hell yeah. So, that is a real thing, and I wasn't tripping too hard to think that was fake. Yeah, Evie. Evie Evie the Bong. And that first one also had Tommy Chong. And I think they're up to, like, eight now. I mean, it's crazy how many sequels there's eight of them. There's eight of them, yeah, and that's um, yeah, Full Moon, Charlie Band, my boy Charlie, just uh, you know, producing all these crazy movies, and you know, they even had other characters cross over, I believe, into the franchise, like um, the Ginger Dead Man, um, the, uh, Ginger uh, Dead. Yeah, Gary Busey is a pissed off cookie. Comes back reincarnated. <laughs> You know, he, he comes in. Gary Busey, he's the best drunkle. He is the best drunkle, and he's also a great killer cookie. And his name is like Medford Finletter or something like that. It's, it's some crazy name. I know I'm screwing it up, but he's just like, yeah, you know. And his mother, like, you know, whatever. He he gets killed and he gets cremated, and his mother brings the ashes like this bakery or something like that. And this thing becomes reincarnated as his killer little pissed off cookie. And they made, like, five, six of those movies, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah. And other characters they had crossover. Um, Ooga Booga from Doll Graveyard. Um, that's crazy. It's a good movie, actually. But he's a ridiculous character. Very controversial. But Full Moon likes to have fun, you know, with their characters where they can kind of push boundaries. But Evil Bong, yeah, uh, Tommy Chong was in the first one. What's the um, premise? Like, what's the point of having eight of these it, movies? It's, it's, it's uh, these kids that are just essentially stoners. 
They get a pack, package delivered to them. Um, the package is actually delivered by Sonny Carl Davis, who's been working off and on for Full Moon for over 30 years. He was in, like, uh, oh, what the hell was he in? He was Rabbit and Transfers 2. Um, he was in Terror Vision. Um, he actually was in Fast Times at Richmond High. And he was oh. the one who, who he goes up, he walks up to uh, Judge Reinhold and he's like, I'm sorry, but uh, can I have the money back, please? And he's like, well, sir, you actually ate a lot of your order. And he's like, listen, I want my $3, I want my $3.99 back, please. And, oh, it's that guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and he did a lot of really good, like experimental um, films from like the late sixties and seventies. He, he came up, I think through, uh, or with Toby Hooper. I believe he's a Texas good old boy. And, um, you know, and he, his character's name is Rabbit. And this character's been around, and he's the delivery guy. He even comes back in the sequels. And um, so he delivers this package, and inside is his character, Evie, this bong. And everyone takes a hit off it at different times throughout the movie. And after each one takes a hit, they kind of, like, get really stoned that they go into this place where... There's like a strip club and it's all these girls like in sexy, you know, bikinis and stuff kind of walking around and, you know, they have like whatever bras that have like, you know, teeth on them. And some of these, and these girls basically kill these guys with their breasts. And (laughs) when they die, and when they die in their um, realm or in that realm, they're really like dead. So it's like, what's going on with these bodies, man? It's like, I don't know, man. And so, you know, it's just, it's funny, it's goofy. And the eighth one, if memory serves correct, I think it's called like Evil Bong 888. Um, I remember there was like, I think the fifth one was called, uh, no, uh, yeah, the fourth one was like 420. I mean, they always incorporate like the stoner thing into the title. I would hope so. That's part of the point. <laughs> actually, someone I did makeup on fairly recently was in the eighth one. Uh, Diana Prince, Darcy the Male Girl from Joe Bob. Mm. And um, it was a pleasure working with her and Joe Bob. I worked with them about eight months ago or so. But uh, yeah, I mean, the Evil Bong series is just, it's just crazy. And, you know, but it's, it's not the straight ahead horror movie because I think that would be too ridiculous to be taken too seriously where it has to be more of a comedy than a horror movie. Oh, definitely. It's like these stoner comedy horror movies and they just experiment with all these fun tropes and all these ridiculous characters. I would definitely recommend it just by virtue of if you like B-movies, if you like, you know, Kevin Smith you know, kind of that stoner aesthetic. It's just a movie like, well, some people might be like, man, that was the greatest movie in the world. And be like, well, because I watched it once. I think I've seen the first one and I might've seen parts of the second. I believe I actually have one of the DVDs, but it's not even open. <laughs> and like, I don't know, like I, I need to really get into it and like look at it differently. 
It kind of reminds me of the comedy um, that One-Eyed Monster has. Have you seen that? One-Eyed Monster? Yeah. One is that Eyed that Monster. horror movie that also has Ron Jeremy, <laughs> even though he is a porn star, but he actually is in there somewhere? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's I, all about penises, dude. Yeah. Well, I mean, shit. I mean, Killer Condom, you know, is what I I remember. love that movie. That's a real movie. Oh, my God. You know when you watch something and you're just like, did I really watch that? Or was that just like a fever dream? Well, I know. And that's the funny thing. You feel like it is a fever dream because usually between like 1130 and like 4 a.m. with like, you know, on Cinemax. I mean, that movie used to show up, you know, on TV. And I'm like, what the hell am I watching? (laughs) It's like distributed by Troma. And it's like, oh, okay. I mean, oh, that was Troma. Oh, I love Troma. But I don't think it was made by Troma. I think it was distributed by Troma. It's like one of those... um, Like uh, something high. Well, no, I'm trying to think of... uh, Like like, like Toxic Avenger, The Boogeyman, Costume Newcomb High, that was all made by Troma. But I think this was one of the acquisitions. And I think it's almost like a situation like... uh, Rabbit Grannies, where I think it's actually like a European title that I think he, they obtained hmm. to distribute. Yeah, Rabbit Grannies, and then you have like Joel Reed doing stuff like Blood. Oh, it's a great movie, um, Blood Sucking Freaks. That was actually filmed in New York, and I think there was Trauma did dis- distribute that at one point. But I mean, there are some gems that were distributed. Um, one of Samuel Jackson's first movies, Death by Temptation, excellent movie. And it was actually a lot of uh, Spike Lee's crew that made this movie. And it was directed by James Bond III, I think is the guy's name. And he was an actor and he was in all those Spike Lee movies. But yeah, Troma... Well, I mean, even though we're talking about Full Moon, and it's so, so funny, but, you know, that parallel there. But Evil Bong is definitely a fun series. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have to uh, watch it on one of the shows while we're, like, creating something. Maybe further down the road, we could do actually maybe, like, a commentary track. Yeah! I think that'd be fun. Like, uh, yeah. what's that show? Mystery Theater... 3,000? In the not-too-distant future. <laughs> I love that show. So good. I remember there was this movie with, like, a clapping monkey, and it was terrifying. Merlin Shop of Mystical Wonders. I know exactly that episode. Yes! With Ernest Borgnine. Oh, my God, that movie is amazing. It's, you know what, I that movie... It's it's rough to watch, but Mystery Science Theater with the crew, then I think it's one of my my top ten favorite episodes because I that list is long for like MST. I would get baked all the fucking time and watch <laughs> MST3K when and I would sculpt. I mean that was like one of my go tos. You know it's like all right, throw in the MST3K, spark up the bowl, and just get lost sculpting with the bots. That sounds awesome. Ooh, talking about sculpting. Um, so you gifted me that monster clay, yeah. but 
I feel like you should explain to me in the audience exactly what I do with this monster clay. <laughs> well, the great thing about monster clay versus, say, something like wet clay, which is actually also a very good clay, that's a water base. Um, with monster clay, you can heat it up, and, and you, the best thing to do is um, if you have like a little confectional oven, you can even use a microwave, but you have to do it in small increments at a time. But you basically kind of want to melt. A crock pot is really good. You do it on the, the low setting. But you just don't want it, the temperature. You don't want it to get above a certain. It's It says it right on the um, the case on the outside. But you just want to maintain it. And as it's breaking down, you know, it's almost like putty where you can kind of scoop it. But, you know, it's good to use tool because you don't want to really hot and, you know, yeah. burn your hands or anything like that. But you can even, when it gets to a point where it's melting, you could just unplug it. And then as it starts cooling down, you start kind of, you know, shaping it on a form or you can just sculpt it as is and then build off that. But um, there are so many different clays. And the great thing is it's like, say, like uh, against Romoplastilina, which has like a sulfur base to it. You wouldn't want to melt that because it, was, it smells horrible. Yeah. 100% pure brimstone right there. <laughs> Put him on your chest. Yeah. And, um, but next time you're over, Jesse, uh, when I'm using the water-based clay, you, should, you can definitely check that out, too. And you can see the difference where... Yeah. That's just naturally soft, and this is a little harder, and you just, you know, heat it up where it's pli- pliable. Hmm. And then there's super sculpting, which is another type of clay that I use. And after you sculpt with that, you bake it. And that almost, it's like a ceramic, you know. So, you know, you would use something like, like um, armature wire and um i wouldn't use plastic bags uh because you need to put it in you know the oven so you use like aluminum foil and you really just kind of shape that as your armature and then on top of that you um you know if you have actually uh like if you're like to make your own spaghetti um you know like one of those machines you make it really like a thin. meat machine. Yeah, but like for spaghetti, like uh, for, for like dough, and then oh. you actually, you know, as it gets thinner, you, I forget what it's called. I think it's just called like a spaghetti maker or something like that. You can get one of those little noodles, and it helps knead the clay, and you can get it thin to a certain degree, where you can just cut it and kind of lay it on in pieces and, and kind of shape it up and whatever you want to. I mean, in fact. Um, tonight I need to head downstairs and I'm unveiling something here that a lot of people don't know. Um, you need your secret time. I am actually going to be doing a super sculpty, um, Deadly Spawn. Um, Deadly Spawn is one of my No, 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 not Spawn. It's, uh, it's a, the movie's called The Deadly Spawn. And it's about, I posted a picture the other day and it's like these three heads popping up. And they have I all these teeth. Mm-hmm. I've, I, when you were over, I think you saw the poster. I did. So I'm going to be doing about a foot tall um, uh, deadly spawn. Is it going to look phallic? 
Very phallic. Very phallic. Like on a phallic meter from like no phallic to Chuck Norris. Uh, Michael Tudikoff. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Good, good. Um, yeah, uh, Charlie Bronson. Um, it, it's going to be, I mean, it's, it is, it's going to have veins. I mean, you know, it's going to look, look gross. It's going to look, it's going to have so many teeth. It's going to look like a mute, three mutated cocks, but it's actually with teeth, like, like, uh, you know, critters almost, but it's just going to be nuts. So it's going to be insane, but I'm really looking forward to actually starting the actual sculpture. <laughs> I bet you are. Oh man, this is going to be fun. This is going to be a lot of fun. I'm a child when it comes to penis-like things. But the thing is, though, it's funny how you say that because with makeup effects, it really is not too dissimilar from um, the sex toy industry because they act, no, seriously, they actually use a lot of the same materials. You're right, and we have to use KY Jelly, too, on set. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, KY Jelly, Ultra Slime, if you need a creature to be snarling, then the stuff looks great. You want to drop like a... Dude, even soap. Soap works so well. Soap does work well. I, I, I like it maybe integrating like a drop of maybe like a yellow food coloring just so it's not so, you know, soapy looking. Yeah. But to make it look gross and, you know, I mean, food, food coloring is a saving grace, you know, when it comes to, you know, mixing colors sometimes when you're using stuff like KY or even stuff made in like slick pig, which is like a pigment um, and a uh, powder. Um, that you use for prosthetics or you know what you probably could even melt down a crayon and actually throw it in there I don't see why not I don't see why it's not it's funny either. how like special effects is kind of like let's just throw this in there and see what happens <laughs> yeah if it works we'll keep doing it yeah, and I, I think one thing about the Deadly Spawn sculpture that really inspires me is just how what these people were able to do with such limited funds. And there was next to no budget on this movie. I mean, all the money went towards special makeup more than anything else because, you know, you need to spend money to make a kick-ass creature. John Dodds did a phenomenal job. He also did worked on stuff like Spookies and Beauty and the Beast on Broadway and stuff like that. Just a really good prosthetic makeup artist. And just a good overall amazing artist. And um but yeah, I mean I just have a soft spot for it. I mean it's definitely in like my top ten favorite movies, horror movies of all time. Definitely understand why. You know what is uh, one of my now favorite horror movies? What? I don't know if you would like call it even horror. Um, it's a new one. It's called The Menu. I have been hearing so many amazing things about it. Everyone's talking about it. Like everyone, I know. <laughs> even James Lundman, he like had to watch it three times, and. He, like, didn't understand why he loved it. And I watched it the first time, and I'm like, oh, my God. Holy shit. It's just, it's crazy. Everyone thinks that it's about cannibalism. Like, that's what was told to me. So I go to watch it, and I'm like, it's so much more than that. Like, I'm not even going to ruin it for you. It's just so intriguing. It's such a mental 
thing and it's all about the artist so it's like if you're an artist at heart you're gonna see the pureness of this movie yeah <laughs> it's so good like we have to talk about it more when you see it but oh my god you have to promise me like pinky promised over the internet right now that you're gonna watch this movie <sighs> okay thank you we just touched pinkies for the audience <laughs> and i'm disturbed at the same time you should be that means it's working i mean i have i have a window of time this week again where i'll we'll definitely mark that in most it'll be on sunday most likely but i do want to see this because everyone's just been talking about it i mean even at work and it's really strange when because i work also in construction and when i hear stuff outside of the business like oh man this show's really good it's like all right i guess i got it if i the mean it was, fucking are Bar- watching it, it was it was barbara crampton that got me into stranger things because of like one post and i'm like well you know if the chick from reanimator says check it out i gotta check it out oh, reanimator has a place in my heart i love that movie so much <sighs> If you don't, you need to get out. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, remember. Cat dead details later. <laughs> that made me think about um food, oddly enough. But that could be because I just smoked a fucking dab to the face before we started. But what can we do for, like, making food look disgusting? Like, could we make... Could we make, like, an eyeball or some, like, bodily part that's edible? Well, interestingly enough, I mean, how we touched loosely on trauma there real quick, like, for a crushed head, they would use, like, a watermelon, and they would put a wig on it, and they would actually, like, cut a hole in the watermelon and actually put, like, cranberry sauce in there and just really make it gross. And um, interestingly enough... They had to cut that out of, I think, the, the initial release because it was deemed so nutsoid. In the unrated cut, they put it back in, and it looks really good. And it's, yeah. it's, it's a quick shot. You don't linger on it. And uh, if you're going to use food, you know, it should be quick, unless if you're making, like, thick blood, you know. And the cool thing is my formula is primarily a chocolate base, so, you know, that is edible and it's safe. But when you start experimenting and using, like, Photo flow, which they used to like clean, clean up prints and stuff like that. You really shouldn't be putting that in your system. So, you know, certain formulas work best for, um, thick blood. Even like going back 20 years doing this, the first brains I ever made were out of scrambled eggs and I made my thick blood formula and I, I just let it chill overnight in the fridge. So it can kind of coagulate and you know, kind of had that gelatinous feel to it. Yeah. And it, it was a gunshot wound to someone's head. And I'm basically below frame behind the guy with a glove. I don't think I even had a glove on. And it was just all <laughs> blood, you know, coming down brains. And I just throw it against the wall. And so and I, we did something here, I think on post, but it looked great. And it was really quick and fast. And I mean, it's amazing what you can do when you have like no budget to work with. Mm-hmm. And, but if you can make it look good and, and you're smart about it, and you know, 
how to shoot it. It's like, you know, God damn, that looks better than it has any right to. <laughs> I fully agree with that. And I, love, funny, I love stuff like that, though. Because it really doesn't matter how ridiculous it looks behind the scene. All that matters is how it looks through that camera lens that you're filming. Mm-hmm. It looks good. And, like, working on set, you have to keep that in mind, too, that you're not lingering on it. Like, it can be, like, a two-second shot. So it's, like, even though it took us, like, three hours to make this thing, it's all about camera work, too. If the camera work sucks with your art, it's going to look like shit, you know? Yeah. I hate that. It's well, it's frustrating when you work with, like, a director or a cinematographer that really hasn't done much genre stuff because they might not know exactly how to film it. When I was really young, um, sometimes I wouldn't voice my opinion and speak up where I'm like, you know what? Let me see how it looks through the camera. And I think directors were like, okay, good. I mean, I'm kind of glad that he's taking initiative to kind of see how it looks through there. Cause that's what really matters. And it's like, okay, we have, um, we need, we, we need to turn this light because, you know, you can see kind of, it looks too shiny there. It's like we're powdering it to the best of our abilities, but we just can't get that shine down. It's like, all right, we'll turn that light slightly or, you know, just kind of make it look good as you can. But if it's something that's like, you know, a creature that's walking around, less is more in a situation like that. But if you're going to have your monster in the forefront in the beginning, then you better have the kick-ass design but that's going to take forever, you know, to put on and on, to take on and off your actors. And so you do like a mask and some stuff. Yeah. It was like a mask that I made for Rise of the Scarecrows, Hell on Earth. That movie was so fun. That was actually the first time that I was given a chance to just kind of go gun-ho about it, you know? Like, I was put on a set, and he's like, you're, you're the makeup artist with uh, with Matthew Hebert. And we worked so well together. It was insane. So I made this uh, fucking mask. And, like, it it was all, like, latex and toilet paper and, and all this paint. But I had to, like, sew it in the, in the back because I thought about it afterwards. And it looked so sick. He was, like, suffocating in it, kind of. He was kind of breathing, but, eh. But it looked so good. But, like, it was all about the lighting. And Gino yeah. had, like, the perfect scene. And he's, like, walking over. He's, like, all right, now just, like, whip back. And he did, and it just looked so fucking good. And, like, it was my heart, because, like, he knew this this meant so much to me. And, like, he made sure it looked good. Like, that relationship right there is, like, something you should be looking for in, like, a yeah, partner well, to work with, you know? I think when you're coming into a project, you really want to feel out the director and, and, and the you know, the producers and be like, okay, you know, let's build a rapport with these guys and let's – try to agree to the best of our abilities to execute what for them, but still having some artistic stamp, you know, on it in some way. Yeah. And it's great when that works out, but when it doesn't work out, um, so there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you might not work with them again. It doesn't mean that they're bad people or not. No. They're, they're just, you know, they might not be used to it, but when you're working with folks that have, filmed some genre stuff before and they have the understanding, the appreciation of it, then I think it's easier to kind of communicate where you're like, all right, we're going to make this look as good as possible. And it's like, yes. And when everyone's on the same page, 
then it's better than this, the sensation of getting an award. Because if you have a crew that's just cohesive and working together, it's the best experience. In fact, speaking of experience, Jesse, what is the club drug of the day? Ooh, the club drug of the day? I believe it's Molly, MDMA. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I actually have a Molly story. Me too. Um, you go. The director I, I worked with uh, many moons ago, I'm just not going to mention his name, didn't give him some anonymity. Um, I went down to Providence and we were like, yeah, no, come down, we'll hang out. And so we we're hanging out and he's like, we're going out, dude. And I'm like, okay. And apparently when we went out to this, uh, guy's place and he's like, here, man, try this. And I'm like, what is it? And he's like, it's, it's uh, Molly. And I'm looking at it and he's like, well, what, will you just eat it? And he's like, no, you just put it on your tongue, let it dissolve a little bit, you know? And so he gave me a good amount. <laughs> Put it on my tongue. I hated the taste instantaneously. Mm-hmm. So I turned. I'm like, ah. still got was feeling something, but I just wasn't too crazy about it. And then um, go to this club, an actual rave, and, and I walk in, and people are just like hugging and just you know, it's like everyone's on something, and they're all kind of getting a little close. <laughs> and, some people have their glow sticks up front, like, ooh. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to sit on the outskirts, and I'll be on the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. And like fly on the wall. Yeah, fly on the wall. If I was going to dance, then yeah, I'll dance across, you know, go to the floor to the other side, go to the bar, <laughs> get a, you know, and get a rum and coke. It's like, turn around. It's like, All right. Wait, you know? quick question. What's your favorite dance move when you're at the club all fucked up? Oh, I do everything. Do you like the lawnmower? You know what? <laughs> the sprinkler. Do <laughs> the sprinkler. Do the running man. Do the running man. As you go to the other side of the room, and next thing you know, you basically just turn around and you just lean up against the bar and say, Jack and Coke and get me a water too, because I'm so dehydrated from fucking dancing across the floor. <laughs> and you show nothing but confidence. Well, you have to. And That's the bartender was like, you're really sober. You know, I'm, I'm kind of shocked. <laughs> it's like, what the hell are you talking about? I was like, dude, I saw you dancing on the floor. I thought you were going to bust your ass. I'm like, no. Those are the people who are making out right next to me. I'm trying to fucking slide by them. It's difficult. Tricky on the dance floor. Sorry to interrupt your story. I just had to know. Yeah. And then the next day... My buddy was hungover as fuck. And I'm like, all right, dude. I'm driving back up to Boston. He's like, all right, man. Have a good one. See you next time. It's like, yeah. Don't surprise me going to a fucking rave. <laughs> because that's the thing. Usually people either go to raves or they get taken to raves and they don't know. Yeah, they're unaware of what's about to happen. Yeah. The insanity that ensues. I've never been to a rave per se. I've been to club therapy, but I don't know if that's like the same. It was just tons of people like on drugs and dancing and getting close, like you said, but it's just like, 
don't think that's the same. What's what's the difference between a rave and a club? I think they're kind of the same thing, but the club actually stops at a certain point. The rave okay. can go all, all night long usually, and this was an all night event. Oh wow! Like people were just like living there for a night. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I'm definitely not against it. It's just like new for me, you know. I mean, when I was living out in Los Angeles, I used to go to the clubs. I really liked clubs. I used to go to Club Hell in Providence. Shit was funny as Yeah, well. I remember probably night one year when I was living out in Los Angeles. I was at this club. I forget what it was called. It wasn't DVA, but it was right across from uh, Grauman's Chinese Theater. And uh, I went with a buddy. He ended up hooking up the entire fucking night, and I was really pissed because he's in his car knocking his, you know, knocking his rocks off. And after the club ends, I'm walking around Hollywood at 4 o'clock in the, between, yeah, between 3 o'clock and 5 o'clock in the morning. And it was nuts. There were homeless people over there. Over there. Like, should I be scared? Yeah, you should. But I wasn't, I had some liquid courage in me and, you know, I had, uh, definitely some herb in me and, <laughs> you know, I, I could have talked to, uh, um, a cactus for all I know. And I would have had a decent conversation. <laughs> well, I'm glad your Molly story was like at least fun. Yeah. But I just wasn't too thrilled when people were coming up to me. It's like, could you give me a hug, man? I'm like, get back. That's just not the type of person that you are, so it's not going to... No, I mean, if I actually embraced it, I probably would have been that way. But it's like, I don't fucking know you. Arm's length away. Yeah. I mean, I hate when I'm in the line, and someone's, like, really close behind me. Oh, I hate that. Especially if there's no one behind them. It's like, I have said to people, turn around, take one step back. Thank you. (laughs) Believe me, you can get some weird looks from, from some people. But nowadays, for safety purposes, I think people get it a little more. I can understand that. My Molly story is, uh, I have a couple of them. Like, the first time I did Molly was, um, I was at this, like, this camp. And my friend was like, hey, Jesse, open your mouth. And I was like, what? And as I'm saying, what? He just shoves his hand in my mouth with Molly and just, like, shoves it in there. And he's like, drink water, drink water, drink water. So I start chugging water because I'm like, I don't know what to do. And he's like, you just did Molly for the first time. And I'm like, you're a douchebag for the 50th time. And um, so, you know, I was kind of anticipating feeling something, but nothing happened. So I just went to bed early. And I'm like, fuck this shit. Like, I'm not even having a good time. Like, now I'm just mad. So I'm just going to go to sleep. I woke up at 5 a.m. And that's when it took, like, I don't know what happened, but I I was seeing everything. Everything was amazing. I decided to drive home. Like, I didn't feel fucked up, but everything looked so intense. Yeah. And I was like, yo, this is sick. And then we fast forward, like, 10 years later. And this is, like, the precautionary part. Because, um... I was dating this dude and we ended up breaking up and like a month later he ends up asking me out again and I was kind of like spiteful so it's like 
I didn't want to be with him, but I wanted to go back to him and be like that asshole, be like, why? Like, what the fuck? But I ended up doing Molly with him, and that's called the love drug. And, like, he really made me feel like I was, like, in love with him again. And it sucked because, like, that was only the drug. Like, I went there with different intentions, and I definitely got, like, something out of it. So it's like, just be careful with that. Molly can be fun, but it's also, like, it, it fills your brain up with some shit. And the hangover after? Ugh, I felt so disgusting. Yeah. It was horrible. I thought I was going to die. Well, even, like, the aftertaste of it, I remember, was just so fucking unappealing. I mean, I mean, drugs aren't supposed to taste good, you know. And if you and if they did taste good, then you'd probably be taking them a lot more. Yeah, right? Like shrooms. No, shrooms don't taste good either. No, you know, it's funny. Shrooms have been coming up a lot in conversation lately. I just love them. It's, I mean, I guess it's like, you know, there's also the medicinal purposes, which I've been reading a little more about, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, it helps so, with um, I, th- I think it's Colorado and California that I think have legalized them. Oh, they've legalized mushrooms? Well, I think I think they're trying to do, or for medicinal purposes or something, you know, they're trying to figure something out there, I believe. But, I mean, it's not like you could really do it like a recreational like a dispensary, I don't think, but for more medicinal purposes, I believe. They could put limits on it like they do with marijuana, because you can only get five grams a day. So with with shrooms, if you if you're microdosing, that can help with uh Alzheimer's. It can help with anxiety. It helps with depression. It helps with a lot of things. So I feel like if they put like a three gram mark on it, it would be fine. But, I mean, that's just my guesstimate, you know. I forget who it was, but I was watching an episode of um, Inside of You uh, with Michael Rosenbaum, and it was one of the uh, folks from Sons of Anarchy. I don't, I'm not sure if it was Theo Rossi or not, but he was like, you know, oh, I, you know, I do shrooms every day. And, you know, it just – but the thing is, it's slow doses he does, so he was talking about the medicinal purposes of it. So I got really intrigued, you know, about that. And yeah. You know, so I've been reading up on it a little more about, you know, the actual medicinal purposes. Especially, you know, for someone who's a, um, you know, I deal with high anxiety and chronic depression. So, you know, to to help balance that out. I mean, that's been a struggle for so long because, you know, at the end of the day, you really just want to be content where you want to find, uh, the Schwerpunkt, as the Germans call it, the balance. <laughs> oh no, the German. Um, yeah, I really want to try microdosing like so bad. I actually have like a little bit of like someone gave me mushrooms, so I kind of want to try that out. I've just never done done it as a microdose before. Do you know yeah. anything about it? Yeah, I mean, because I mean, I am, I I have heard that term microdosing, but that I've heard it more with shrooms than anything else. I mean, I, I figure it is just like a small amount, so I'll just like eat like half a cap and see what happens. Hmm. Um. So, have you watched anything good lately? I actually, um, 
you're probably I mean, you, you mentioned the menu. I mean, yeah. I'm, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, The Walking Dead. I uh, I stopped watching like right before Negan happened, and now I'm I'm watching the whole Negan thing. Like I was put on the fucking episode where Glenn gets his head bashed in, and I'm just like, ah, yeah, it was so gruesome. I remember that, and that effect was fucking amazing. Oh, so gross! Kane B did a phenomenal job with that show. Greg Nicotero, <laughs> I know, was in there um, versus his company, but and that was the best paycheck I ever had. Ever really? Gotten. Yeah, I, I I did work. For The Walking Dead, not on the show itself, but I did promote promotional makeups, and um, it was so much fun because they said to me like, "Okay, Bill, you're going to have like three hours to make up six people," huh. and I'm like, "That's like no time at all." So, you know, it's like, "What the hell am I going to do?" And I'm like, "You know what? I'm just going to make prosthetics beforehand instead of actually, you know, just building them up there on people." Oh, you had time before? Yeah, I had, like, I think I had, like, only, actually, no, I had less than two weeks. That's enough time, though, when you crunch it. I only only had seven days to actually make, I I did two per face, and I made, um, it was six, yeah, I I made over about a dozen prosthetics, and, um, you know, some of that was cotton and latex and, uh, you know, other stuff. But, yeah, that was so much fun. It's a great show. And I felt an obligation, definitely, to watch the show. And I watched the show up until they got to Terminus. Um, oh, where... so, you, so you knew about Glenn dying, but you didn't see it? Yeah, I knew about it. The thing is, though... Wait, have I'm you actually... seen it? Have you seen the, like... The prosthetic that they use, like the effect. Well, no, I, I, I stopped. I stopped when, as soon as Mary came in, I realized Mary from Terminus, um, Denise Crosby. That was I stopped right then, and because I believe, I think was Glenn killed by then. I think he was. Glenn was killed by Negan. Negan yeah, came I'm, over with Lucille and was like, "Wah." And, and Craig, I mean, you know what? Jeffrey Dean Morgan, very good actor. A lot of good actors, very strong actors on that show. Um, Steve Yoon, I mean, Christ, you know, as Glenn, he was great. And I loved him in uh, Mayhem by Joe Lynch. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. Mayhem? But Mayhem. I would actually recommend that. It's, it's pretty nuts. Um. You know, Andrew Lincoln, I think it's always funny because I, as great as he is in that show, I think of like Love Actually. <laughs> Love Actually. I think that was it, if memory serves correct. And look at yeah, your camera. This is Glenn's face. That's, that's gross. That's look beautiful. at the eyeball. Well, the eyeball is sick. It's not as, it's not as gruesome as I thought. Like, when it's in a picture like this, it's easier to see what they did. But watching it on the show, you're just like, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that's just gross. And oh, man, it. it's so fucked up. Oh, man. Yeah. 
But I think, um, what do you think about having, like, people on for interviews soon? I am all for it. I... Yeah, because I have a friend of mine who would, uh, who definitely wants to jump in here at, at some point. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm completely game for having people on. You know, if they uh, want to come in through Zoom or if we want to come over to my studio and we could actually do something here, um, I'm game for anything. I think that uh, sounds really exciting. Yay! So I guess um, I'll get that in the movements and we'll see what happens in the next episode of Blood and Bud. Yeah, Blood and Bud. I mean, this is... You know, we've been doing this now, uh, recording, doing some video calls, and, you know, things are really working well between the two of us. You know, compatibility is definitely there, and I'm loving this. So, you know, we're going to be continuing Blood and Bud, and we're going to be opening up, you know, brand new things, incorporating new things, you know, doing makeups down the road, uh, you know, possibly some commentaries, which would be a lot of fun, and just... You know, we're we're, we're going to take this until we're going to take it to the limits. Cha cha, kind of fight for your life and take it to the limits. Well, I think actually, it's you know what? Why don't we uh, fade out with and we'll sing "Blood and Bud" like <laughs> we did? How does that sound, Jesse? Want to sing with me? I'll sing with you, Billy Boo. Blood and Bud. 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 Peace out, folks. Yeah. Yeah.